Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Decreeing divine healing while in this pandemic. And I want you to begin to decree divine healing over your family, over your elderly, over your children. Uh, it looks like uh, the powers that be want to open up the schools. And there's a lot of resistance with teachers right now. Teachers who are on the front line uh, are resisting that. But it looks like... Uh, the government, the heads of state are trying to get the schools open. I think the aim is if you can get the schools open, then we can get our economy running. But there's something greater than just power, financial power. We need more power. We need to be strengthened in our soul, in our hearts. We need more of God in us. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I need and want more of you, God. I need to deal with sickness because it's, it's a pandemic. It's, uh, and I just believe the Lord dropped that in my heart to just speak on it. Uh, I have another funeral. One of our members uh, passed away uh, just a few last week sometime. And um, I loved him and uh, he's gone. I think it was Tuesday that he passed away. Uh, David Crockett has gone on to be with the Lord. And they got to lay him to rest. On Friday, I need you all to pray for me. I'm out on the front lines. I'm not afraid, but it looks pretty dark out there. And every time I go out in the community, I'm taking a chance. This is my job. So if you can just remember me and uh, step out of self for a moment and think about it. I've been in the grind <laughs> and uh, been doing it for a while. I'm not tired yet, but I certainly would appreciate your prayers. Pray for Charlene and for her family. They are grieving and there's, uh, there are things that she's working through. So continue to pray for them. Pray for uh, the Lewises, Charmaine and uh, Rudy Lewis, who are now in the hospital, both of them with COVID-19. I need you to know that because they care for our people. They are part of our inspirational care ministry. They visit the sick and now they've fallen sick themselves. This is a real deal. They have a convalescent home. No one in the convalescent home has COVID. So maybe a family member who just doesn't want to hear comes home after hanging out. Whole business is all wopsided because people don't want to hear. And I've been barking from this pulpit for a while. Please talk to your kids. If they live in the house, tell them this is what we need from you. Okay? But or not, I'm dealing with the deaths. I'm dealing with the sicknesses. I'm dealing with those who are over 60, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59 that have pre-existing conditions. I have faith too, but I want you to understand that God wants us to be wise. Sickness is among uh, the many circumstances in life where prayer is needed. Uh, and so I wish that we could just think about sickness and we're healed, but prayer is needed when there's sickness. So heed the instruction. What does it mean that God is Jehovah Jireh? And what does it mean that God is Jehovah Rapha? 
Well, Jehovah Jireh means that God provides. That's what it means. Jehovah Rapha, more properly, Yahweh Rapha means God heals, the Lord who heals. In Hebrew, Jehovah Rapha is one of his many names that uh, we discover in the Old Testament. Knowing his names will help to build your faith and it will fill your faith and fuel your faith, which is needed in prayer so you can become more effective and efficient in your prayer. So just by knowing the names of God is going to help build you up. Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. And just by taking that, even if you did the disciples' prayer, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, 23rd Psalm. Transfer that to the Lord's prayer. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. And when you get to the Lord's prayer, I call it the disciples' prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. If you stop right there in the prayer and just begin to sanctify the names of God, you will infuel your faith. Okay? And so one of the things the enemy does is never want you to pray. I don't feel like praying. Bishop, prayer doesn't work. If prayer worked, this wouldn't have happened to me. And when you start thinking like that as a believer, you're not going to ever be effective in the Lord. Can't be effective in the military either. I was in the military. and One of the things that he told us to do is that yesterday is gone. Amen. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up into your today. Stay right there and wait until change comes. But you can't live in yesterday, not in the military. Think about what happened in Beirut on yesterday. Bam, boom, some bomb blow, blew up, some type of explosive. But guess what? The military can't stay at that bomb site. They can investigate it. Now they got to start looking. Is there another one coming? What's happening here? Somebody went on alert. And if you're the kind of person that only looks at what blew up, you're going to miss what's about to blow up. And God wants us to know, not only are we dealing with this, there are several horsemen in the, old, in the New Testament, in the book of Revelations, one seal after another. And if you're not careful, you're going to miss it because you're going to see this happening. Next year, something else is going to happen. Next year, something after that is going to happen as we begin to move toward the end of days. And so I like to preach the real gospel. I hear a lot of people are talking about what's going to happen. I'm about to go to the next level. But you got to remember scripture must be re revealed and fulfilled in our eyes. Not trying to rain on your parade, but sickness is real. And we got to deal with it. So Jehovah Rapha means the God who heals in Hebrew. And I decree and declare that he's he healer in your life. And that he's protecting you. At the same time, work on your own immune system. Do what you can do to build your body up. Don't just say, I'm going to eat pizza and haagen -Dazs. I say it all the time. haagen -Dazs, a whole gallon of haagen and think you're going to be okay. The name Jehovah Rapha appears in the book of Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. They're going to have it on the screen and I'm going to read it in your hearing. Look at this. And said, if you did diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments 
and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth you. I am the Lord who heals you. Now, some people would feel real bad about that. Well, I've been sick, Bishop. I didn't do what uh, the Egyptians did. Well, you got to understand God selected his people, gave them a certain diet, and uh, uh, made sure that they didn't commingle with a lot of other people. And there's a lot to that. But what I am here to let you know that God's word is true. He is the God that heals. And if you find sickness, you need to know that it is his desire to see you and I walk in divine healing. Believe that. Start decreeing that over your life. Lay your hands on your body and say, God, you are the God that heals. I decree and declare that you're working it out. You even are not, as I work with my own immune system, as I do what I need to do, work with me and provide healing for my body. One of the best things you can do is stop the disease before it takes root. To just stop it. Your immune system has an ability to kick out all kinds of germs, all kinds of bad cancerous cells, and we can stop it before it takes root. Just build your immune system. Echinacea is good. Cutting down sweets and sugar is good. Getting proper rest is good. Standing out in the sun for about 20 minutes a day is good. Vitamin D is good. B complex is good. Vitamin C is good. Multivitamin is good. Vegetables are good. Proteins are good. Can't get no help. I didn't even say nothing about Kentucky Fried Chicken. I didn't say nothing about McDonald's. I said nothing about pizza. I said healthy foods. Holistic foods is good for us right now. Let's look at James 5 again because it's right there. I read it in your hearing. Powerful passage. Is anyone of you sick? Yes. Let him call for the elders of the church. You can't tell me that you're biblical when you say we don't need the church. <laughs> Listen, if any one of you are sick, you're supposed to call for the elders of the church. Don't get mad if the elders didn't call you. You're supposed to call. You're supposed to call. Well, they didn't call me. Nobody called me. Well, take, take responsibility. Your doctor doesn't make house calls anymore. So you have to call the doctor, right? Don't you call the doctor? I got, man, I got my doctor's personal number. Yes, ma'am. Listen, I, have, I need something. Can you call in a prescription? Well, can't you do that for the elders? Call for the elders of the church. You better pray that they're anointed. And let them pray over him. Look what they do. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything is in the name of Jesus. Everything is in the name of Jesus. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. We pray God raises up. We talk to God in prayer and using our faith. And then God does the hard work. God raises them up. And even if there's sin, the Bible says, if there was something that caused the sickness to come, if there were sins committed, he'll forgive them as well. But you got to confess your trespasses. You got to be able to say I'm wrong. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another. We should always be praying 
with one another that we may be healed, that you may be healed. And then he goes on to say the effective, fervent, hot, filled prayers of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Your righteousness, your right wiseness, living right, living clean adds fuel to your faith-filled prayers. It even adds power to your prayers. And so let's talk about James for a moment. First of all, I want to identify faith in that verse. Faith in that verse. The prayer of faith, it says, will save the sick. We usually interpret this passage as the sick person being prayed for must have enough faith to be healed. So if there's a, a prayer and then the sick person doesn't get healed, we say they didn't have enough faith. Now, I've seen this, and I've seen it over and over again, where the person who's being prayed for doesn't get healed, and what we say is the sick, the sick person didn't have enough faith to be healed. I almost told you to slap your neighbor and say, neighbor, but don't do that. Just repeat after me. Just because I'm sick or ill, doesn't mean I lack faith. <laughs> That's right. Just because I'm sick or ill doesn't mean that I lack faith. This is what I want you to look at that passage again. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. If healing doesn't occur, we usually blame him for lacking faith. But actually, James is not praying about the person who's laying on the cot or the person who has a disease or the person who has COVID-19 that wants healing or a person who has a lump in their breast or a person who's having uvarian issues going on or a person who's having skin issues or a person who has diabetes or cancer. Actually, James is talking about the person, the faith of the elder who's praying. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous. Notice, is any among you sick? Let him pray. Is any one of you sick? Let him call for the one who should have some faith. And that is the elder of the church. Glory to God. And then he's supposed to lay some oil on you in the name of the Lord Jesus. The prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if there's any sin, he will forgive it. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man. So what God is saying, if we're going to pray for people, we need to live right. If we're going to pray for people, there's some stuff we got to cut off. If we're going to pray for people, there's some things we can't carry in our heart. If, there's, if we're going to pray for people and see the power of God at work in them, there's some things we can't hang out with. What does God call? righteous what does God call righteous we may say I'm all right I didn't go to jail but what does God call righteous glory to God believe me it's hard for me to preach this because it's slapping me ah, in the face if I want people to be healed I got to live right if I want people to be healed I got to stay on my knees if I want people to be healed I can't blame them if they don't get healed I got to look deep down inside God what do I need to do to get more righteous what do I need to do to exercise more faith I want my faith to go to the next level I want to believe you and all you that like to lay hands on people and say, well, I prayed, but they didn't get healed. You got to look at yourself sometime. You got to look and see what's going on in your life. What's happening? What's blocking the move of God? 
in your own life. Glory to God. Have to turn that verse around. The prayer of faith will say, who's praying now? Not the person who's sick. He called for the elders of the church. You don't expect the person going to the doctor to heal themselves to prescribe their own Rx. If you go to the doctor, you go for the doctor to do the healing. And we call for the elders. And I just believe that God is raising up today a group of men and women who are getting on their knees and seeking God so God can infuse us with power that when we speak, things happen. Thank you, God. Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. They can put it on the screen. Uh, it's often misinterpreted. The Bible says Jesus in a certain region couldn't do many works there because of their unbelief. He couldn't perform many miracles because of their unbelief or the people lacking faith there. The truth is, and I want to make sure I bring this out because it is a passage of scripture and that a lot of people like to do that. Well, miracles didn't take place because of their unbelief. Let me share something with you. The truth is not that God could not do the miracle in these cities because of their unbelief, because there are many times he does miracles without your faith. Even if you notice Jesus, there are times when he come to see the Bible says he said, oh, ye of little faith. So the little faith didn't stop him from calming the sea. We put too much confidence in ourselves. God can work even if you don't have faith. Think about that. So I want you to get this. The truth is not that. Uh, unbelief hinders Jesus' power to do miracles. But I want you to get this. Unbelief can disqualify you. Unbelief can disqualify you. They disqualified themselves and deemed themselves a people who were not worthy, who were unworthy of witnessing miraculous powers, miraculous wonders and powers worked in their area because of their unbelief. It wasn't that God couldn't do it and you just leave it there. God deemed them unworthy of seeing his power because of their unbelief. God is omnipotent. He can do anything. He can build a bridge and you have no materials. He can create something. Glory to God. He can cause you to step into promote into positions that you don't have the education for. God can do that, right? You need to understand that God can do stuff that no other power can do. But you got to keep your confidence in him. God can work it out. And when he does, it's going to be grand. But if you want to see the miracle working power of God, you can't disqualify yourself from seeing the miracles because of your unbelief. And unbelief is not just a moment. Unbelief is a lifestyle. Always casting doubt on the things of God. Always being suspicious. Always, well, he didn't do it for me. God don't need no sarcasm right now. Is he a healer? Yes. Even if I get sick, he's still a healer. Even if I get disappointed, he's still a, still a miracle working power, a miracle working God. And he wants us to stand on that word. That's when your faith is qualified, regardless of what you see. Glory to God. And I notice I'm preaching to myself because I'm the one preaching this and I've laid hands on many people, which tells me if I want to see the miracle working power of God, the effectual working prayer, the effectual fervent prayer 
of a righteous man. So a clerk, are you as righteous as you should be? Amen. That's what I'm doing. When I start preaching, I don't say, get them, God. I say, it's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And many of us that are watching tonight need to say, it's me. It's not them. It's me that needs a touch from you, God. Hallelujah. It's not so much the sick person. It's me, God, that stands in the need of healing. I need more righteousness. I need to slap some more righteousness. I need to make sure when I have a decision to do bad or good that I'm thinking about doing what's right. Not in my eyes, but in God's eyes. You can never declare yourself righteous. There was a movie came out, uh, Robert De Niro, not Robert De Niro. I can't think of his name right now, but it was called The Apostle. The Apostle. He played in The Godfather as Tom. Can't think of his name right now. But anyway, Duvall. Duvall, Robert Duvall. Absolutely. Thank you. He did a movie called The Apostle a few years ago. He baptized himself. <laughs> he took himself, baptized himself in the name of the Lord. You don't baptize yourself. You don't declare yourself righteous. If you, if you qualify your own righteousness, declare yourself righteous, you stand in the place of God. You need somebody that you trust to say, that's not of God or this is of God, and you trust it. You start believing in your own righteousness, I'm telling you right now, you're going to slip. Glory to God. I have people who check me. I have people who tell me, Clark, you're going too far, and you need, you're going out too far. You need someone like that in your life. The Bible says, anointing them with oil. This is James chapter 5. Verse 16 and 17. Anoint them with oil. And the application of oil can also reflect medical attention. We're anointing with oil. It's not just oil that's anointed, but the application of oil, if you check out the Greek there, can also represent some medical attention. For those of us that say, well, you know, uh, if you got a doctor, that's, you're not exercising faith. Listen to your doctor right now. I believe that you can listen to your doctor and uh, you can hear from God. There's a lady right now that just, uh, they're trying to debunk her. They're trying to get her off Facebook. She just declared that she casts out demons. She's a doctor. She prescribed medicine and she's a doctor. She cast out devils that COVID-19 has come about because of some uh, sexual relationship with demons and people. And a whole lot of Christians run, Woo! that's so different. I need her to pray for me, cast out the devil. Well, she's a doctor as well, okay? My, my, I'm only bringing it to your understanding. I'm bringing it to your understanding so you can understand that God can use doctors to prescribe medicine. Very seldom do you see in scripture where a doctor is prescribing medicine and laying hands on the sick. I'm simply saying that God can use medicine and he can use supernatural power to get you well. Anyway, you bless me, I'm satisfied. You'll never see Luke traveling with Paul, giving people prescriptions while Paul is laying hands on them. Luke stands back and, and back. He stands back now and makes sure he doesn't try to do medicine while we're doing healing. 
Just want you all to be wise. Those of you that just grab anything you see, sending me stuff, wanting me to read it. I get tons and tons and tons of stuff, but you're not looking through the lenses of scripture. You're just listening to somebody that feeds what you believe. But you got to understand something. I would care less if COVID-19 came from some incestual relationship between a demon and women. That has nothing to do with me right now. But if they say wear a mask, I'm going to wear the mask. And if they say, you know what, you can take this piece and it may help you I'm going to try to do what I can do and I'm calling on the name of the Lord so God can help me For those of you that are super spiritual you could go too far with your spirituality come back to sense thank you Jesus hallelujah if I was a doctor and I stood up here and start giving you our access to the world they would take my license you have to be wise and how you move. I'm a doctor when I go to my office, but I'm a pastor when I stand before you. So if God wants you to get the anointed oil, then take the anointed oil. If he wants you to take a spiritual Rx, then read the Bible and a physical Rx. Whatever he needs to do to get you well, start accepting it. I know that's going to mess up a lot of faith teachers because for years they've been teaching that if you have faith in God, you can cast away your medicine. Take your medicine if, until your faith builds up so you can see the healing. In the scriptures, many people got healed by God by the laying on of hands. You can see it in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. That's what I love about Jesus. He never healed people the same way. Sometimes we lay hands. Peter allowed his shadow to pass over people. Jesus spat on the ground and put the plaster over the eyes and they were healed. Sometimes he spoke the word and they, was, they were healed. What God wants you to understand is don't put God in a box. He can heal you in any way he wants to. Glory to God. I can come by your house. He can anoint me to wave at your house and healing blessing. Healing breaks forth into your house. I can send a word by the power of God and it meets you at your house. Hallelujah. Jesus can show up himself and heal you. Whatever way he He can send a doctor that gives you a little medicine and you heal. Whatever way he wants to heal you, let him do it. Not only should we look at faith in the passage, we should look at forgiveness. If there's any sin, he will forgive it. And forgiveness has a twofold application. Forgiveness brings healing and the forgiveness of sins. The confession of your fault brings healing and the forgiveness of sins. One of the sins that come against fellowship is gossip. That's the sin that attacks fellowship is gossip. Being judgmental is another sin that attacks fellowship. Chronic criticism. Always casting doubt on what God did. And God's system that he's always used. If God gives you a new revelation, you don't have to cancel out what he did. For instance, if God says, if God gives me a new revelation, a church called Truth Revealed, I don't have to say the ark in the Old Testament was null and void. 
He used the ark in the Old Testament and he's using truth revealed today. Both of them are floating in the, in the wearisome toils of life and carrying people to their destiny. What happens is when people get a revelation from God, they try to cast doubt on what God did and how he moved in the past. But you don't have to criticize the church just because God gave you a new revelation. Backbiting is another sin against fellowship. Church politics, who got promoted? Who are they going to raise up next? They didn't do nothing for me. <laughs> Church politic fights the fellowship. Rebellion is major. It's, all, it's in the sin of Lucifer himself. Anytime you, ah, I will exalt mine. Ah, I don't come under nobody's authority. That, that kind of stuff right there fights fellowship. And you got to cast it down. It also will reduce healing within the fellowship. So I wanna, I'm laying out these things so we can look at some stuff that may be hindering healing from breaking forth in our lives and in our families. Gossip. Judgment. Criticism. Chronic criticism. Backbiting. Talking behind folks' back. Church politic, which includes uh, cliques and blatant rebellion, which is as the sin of witchcraft. It can reduce healing within the Christian community. Because of this reason, James encouraged the church to confess sin to each other over the things that I name. If the sin is outside of that scope, you need to be wise about your confession. Find you someone that you can trust. But if you're backbiting, you need to say, you know what, I've been talking a lot. Confess your faults one to another. Chronically criticizing people. You don't know what it's like for me to walk in my moccasins until you walk in them yourself. You can easily criticize me. <laughs> you don't have a clue. So you need to walk in a person's mind. I'll, I'll do this with anybody after the pandemic. Walk with Bishop for a day. I want you to walk with me. You can come to my house, hang out with me from 7 in the morning until about 10 o'clock at night. And I want you to look over my shoulder and see what goes on. And from my perspective, what's happening in our community, the phone calls I get, the tragedies that hit me, the stuff that goes on, the misunderstandings that people have and how they blame leadership. And you'll begin, to, that's one day, add 364 to that, add another 15 years to that, add preaching faith and then seeing people leave the faith and go after fables. Or when they get a large sum of money, they don't even think about God. <laughs> Woo, Jesus, they just go out and blow it and have to come to me, Bishop, please. Lady came to me and said, I just need my light bill paid. I said, what? What, I thought you just hit the lotto. Didn't you just put that on Facebook? Oh, yeah, I did. I went to Las Vegas and blew it. I didn't lay your hand on that slot machine. <laughs> Jesus, slot machine, please. Sow a seed into my life. 
<laughs> I know y'all say that's harsh. That was my child. That's my daughter in the scriptures, in the ministry. And I was able to do that. And she's still connected today. I can't believe that. Well, you elected Trump. He says worse. All of y'all sensitive people, you're not sensitive. Bitch, a Trump stands straight up. Look at that camera and say, I'm the best thing that ever happened to black people in the history other than Abraham Lincoln. And nobody says a word. You're right, Mr. President. You're right. <laughs> and you're throwing bananas at me. Don't throw nothing at me. Glory to God. All of y'all sensitive. How can you say this? How can you say this, Karen Bass? How can you say this about a Cuban leader? How can you say he's okay? Your president says the North Korean leader is his friend. <laughs> he shot his uncle with an aircraft gun. And he's your friend? You're not sensitive, America. You need a voice like me to call you back to reason. At least tell the president you're going too far. You can't tell me kids are inoculated from this disease. It's not true. So if you're going to call me out, call your president out. Especially evangelicals that can't stand me, can't stand what I'm saying. Stand up and pray. Ask God to touch him. Put godly counsel around him. But the godly counsel have to speak truth and not live up in the tower, Trump Tower, and can't tell him when he's wrong. We got too much hell going on right now to have anybody in leadership like that saying stuff when you want to criticize me. I can take it. Go ahead and throw it at me. I knew it was in you anyway. Forgiveness is so important. And so when we forgive, you can expect God to do some great things for you. Glory to God. When sickness occurs, we need to make sure that we're prayerfully examining ourselves. That's all I'm trying to say. If sickness is occurring, just please examine self. It's not to say you're to blame, but there may be some things that you want to ask God to shift. Confess your faults one to another. I'm in the book here. And pray for one another that you may be healed. There may be something you need to get off your chest. Be careful about who you confess to. In the area of backbiting and criticism, you can talk to one another. When you start going deeper, you need to be wise in who you talk to. God can't forgive you, but people don't. You can never understand the power of confession. Write this word down, cathartic. Well, Bishop, I don't know how to spell it. Well, look it up. If you go to Google, you say cathartic, it'll show you. It's self-purging. That's what it means. You have to engage in things that's self-purging. Just by confessing, even if you confessed it to God. Just getting it out of you. I was beginning to hate my sister, God. I don't like my spouse. I need help. You can't tell that to everybody. Talk to God. I don't like one of my children. Sometimes just by confessing it, the enemy don't have a stronghold. Just be careful about who you go around talking your junk to. Because God forgives. People hold it. 
They'll hold it for 20 years. Be very careful who you confess your fault to. Thank you, Jesus. Bible talks about faith, talks about forgiveness. In that passage out of James chapter 5, it also talks about righteousness. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Let's talk about righteousness. You got 450 prophets of Baal and one man standing up for God named Elijah. Even the king of Israel, Ahab, and his queen Jezebel were worshipers of Baal while in the land of Israel. Now, I want you to see this because it is very easy to be in God's house or company with the church and start worshiping other things. Everybody quiet? Y'all listening to me, right? Where is he going with this? Is that what you're saying? Or he's like, wow, this could be me. <laughs> there are 450 prophets of Baal. Even King Ahab and Queen Jezebel were worshiping this idol. While in the land of Israel, and Elijah, on the other hand, is standing alone. Which simply means you can start getting around people who believe like you believe do what you do, and it's not godly. Elijah's standing alone. The king is going his way. That's an authority going the other way. His wife is going the other way. And 450 others are saying, we are with the idol. They are prophets of Baal. And Elijah is standing alone. He was persecuted because he said, I ain't with this. I can't do it. Jezebel said, if, this time, if you live in this time tomorrow, then I'm not the queen. In other words, she put a hit out on him. And he had to run for his life. To be righteous sometimes is life-threatening. To be righteous sometimes will require you standing alone. Everybody ain't going to agree with you when you say, I can't get with this. I think I said it last week. I can't go for that. No, no, no can do. I can't go for that. There needs to be some I can't go for that type people in today's society. Glory to God. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. So who determines who's righteous? God, looking at this text, said Elijah is righteous. Because he stood alone. He didn't go with the crowd. When Elijah obeyed God, though he was alone, he stood righteous. Now, I want to put this out there today because we got a whole lot of Baal worshipers in America. That's people who, you can say, lift your hand. They, it's hard for them to lift their hands. In church. That's not me. But they worship other things with, with fervor. Glory to God. And God wants us to come back to him. Righteousness will require that you sit alone. That a sanctuary will look dry. Scattered. Because you can't go with everybody. You can't hang out with everybody. 
You can't do what they do because it's not according to knowledge and it conflicts with word. Remember when Elijah obeyed God, though he was standing alone, he becomes righteous. He was a man of like passion, just like we were, that we are. A man of like passion, which means he liked to be around crowds too. I'm gregarious by nature. I don't like to be alone. I can hang out in a crowd and not say much. I, I don't like being alone, but the, the work that I do requires me to, to fight against my own propensity to hang out with crowds. I've gotten a little better at it the older I get. I don't have to be around a crowd, but inside of me, I'm gregarious. I'm not a loner. I don't get off with being by myself, hanging out somewhere. I'm a leader. I'm a leader. That's what I was born to do. He made me that way. And if you're a leader, you got to lead somebody. You can't stay in a cocoon forever. You got to step out and let the people that God wants you to pull like a magnet. If you step out, they'll start clinging to you. So you can take them to another dimension. Thank you, God. But there's sometimes when you're a righteous leader or a righteous mother or a righteous father, you have a righteous husband or wife, you can't get with the click. You got to say, I can't go for that. And God will bless you. He will call you righteous. And your prayer will become a little bit more effective. Glory, hallelujah. Elijah obeyed God and became righteous. He's a man of like passion just like you and I are. He was flawed. He had his own share of flaws and weaknesses. He was made of flesh and blood, but God answered his prayers because he was righteous. Doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but when it comes to choosing God or choosing yourself or choosing what you like, it's called the sacrifice of praise. Abraham uh, had a little boy, one named Isaac, the other one named Ishmael. There came a time where Ishmael could no longer stay in the house. God spoke to Abraham to listen to his voice, the voice of your wife, and cast out the bondswoman or the oldest boy. He must go. Now for Sarah, it was easy. She wanted him gone. But for Abraham, it was a little different because it was his seed. The boy looked like him. He had his eyes, curly hair like him. He was walking like him. But Bible says, cast out the bondswoman and her son, for the son of the bondswoman cannot be heir with the son of the free. And Abraham had to take that girl, and he had to take that little boy to the edge of the camp, give them a little water and a little fruit, some figs, and say, I release you. Then he had to turn his back. As the boy is crying for his daddy, dad. Dad, 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 how can you do me this way? I'm yours. I'm yours. And he had to walk away from him and leave him right there. <coughs> if you have not experienced this in Christendom, you have not you have not elevated to the highest level that God wants you to elevate in righteousness. 
Because everybody that follows God has to leave something that you love. It looks like you. It fits your style. It talks like you. It walks like you. When you do it, it feels good. And he'll require for you to turn your back on it and step away from it. The more you step away from it, the less you hear it. But that initial turn (laughs) is where the sacrifice is. If any man would come after me, Jesus said, let him first deny himself and take up his cross. (laughs) It's not, oh, I love the Lord and all of us are the same and we just elevate him. No, there was a cross you got to put on your shoulder and you got to walk with it. You got to struggle sometimes. You got to pull it, glory to God, up to Galgatha and sacrifice yourself. And when you do it, another level of righteousness is added to you. I know, okay, I thank God for the righteousness that's imputed. But there is a righteousness that requires sacrifice. You can't make yourself righteous, but you must separate yourself from Lot. And when Abraham separated himself from Lot, God said, look from this place. Look up your eyes to the north, the south, the east, and the west. It wasn't until there's a separation. Come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Well, those things haven't changed even though we're in the New Testament. There's some things that God says, don't touch it. I don't want you to deal with it. Don't get involved with it. He told Paul, I don't want you to go to Asia Minor right now. I need you to hold up. Well, God, you sent me to the world. I need you to hold up until I tell you to go. Glory to God. Put Paul on the ship. He said, brothers, I feel like the storm is coming. We shouldn't sail right now. We shouldn't sail. But they sailed anyway. There's something that God wants you to give up. Hallelujah. Let's go in the New Testament. John the Baptist is standing there baptizing people. He looks out and sees Jesus coming. Whoa. God says, whoever you see the dove, the spirit of God, descend upon in the form of a dove. That's my son. He saw it. Oh, that's the one. Oh, yet Jesus came to him to be baptized. John says, I shouldn't be baptizing you. I got a revelation. You should be baptizing me. Jesus says, to fulfill all righteousness, you must do this. John baptizes the man. Then he hears God say, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. You don't need to do nothing else but hear him. That's when John should have shut down his baptism ministry. And walked away from it because Jesus showed up. But he did not. He had to continue. Well, I know what he told me to do. I just know what he told me to do. See, I need, I need to do what he told me to do. Y'all may not understand. And Jesus, fire is falling when he teaches. And John is still taking them down in water. He becomes so caught up in it. He says the wrong thing, a political thing, which put him in jail. And then his head is cut off. If he followed Jesus, he would have shut down that critical ministry. 
and learn what Jesus said. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall, oh, glory to God. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And if he got that teaching, he wouldn't have been going after the king. Because Jesus didn't come to disrupt the present kingdom. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. You can't change the government. That's not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to do is to introduce another kingdom. A kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Not overthrowing the government. Y'all still here? Man, I'm preaching tonight. Follow Jesus, man. The power is not in military might defying people. The power is I can submit to you all and still introduce peace. Woo, Jesus. I can be in America and still live righteously. I can be in America and still have the joy of the Lord. Not Cavassier. The Bible is very clear about righteousness, man. And to get the righteousness, I know righteousness come by faith. I ain't talking about you got to wear long dresses and you got to put your hair and wear a hat when you come to church. We ain't talking about that. I'm talking about there's some things you got to let go of. When you're born again, look at what Paul said. If you're born again, if you ever come to God, that you can't be, you can't be a part of God and also join yourself with a harlot. You can't certain things there's some groups you can't hang out with anymore you got to walk with God you got to understand I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ it is the power of God under salvation he started naming out some other kind of people for they knew God but they did not worship him as God and God turned them over there is a distinction between God's people and the world and you got to make sure you understand that we're not talking about laws rules and regulations but we are talking about the sacrifice of praise the reason I know this in the book of Hebrews, the scripture says the only thing God requires today is a sacrifice of praise from the fruit of our lips. But the sacrifice he's talking about requires you to push back on your flesh and to accept the spirit. Mm. Unlike other circumstances as I close. But I can't uh, uh, I can't. Um, um, postpone the service because when I preach the next time it's with power man so we weren't here on Sunday thank God that the hurricane uh, turned into a tropical storm and it kept it off of Brevard County just like we asked God and I ain't trying to gloat because next one may come through here but that one we asked God to warp the eye if you look at that thing it looked like the claw of it was in the sea and Brevard County just oh still peace peace and and prosperity. Let me tell you how awesome God is. Uh, I planted maybe seven plants. I'm not a gardener, but uh, I planted seven plants in the front yard, right? And I've been watering them in the morning and in the evening. And so we went ahead and put some fertilizer in the grass. Okay, it's going to have hurricane force winds, maybe a tropical storm going to really water this stuff. And I'm sitting out there while the hurricane is going. The tropical storm is passing and hardly no rain in my yard. 
I'm sitting on the back lanai waiting for stuff to happen. I don't see no rain. A little wind blowing. I look at my radar. It looks like it's pushing offshore. Just like we asked God. Guess what? I had to water my plants the next day. That's how dry the ground was. We didn't get rain until yesterday. It was a little mist, but nothing like it should have been. And he let me know. How in the world, hurricane force winds, tropical storm come and push offshore and your, gr your ground is dry, basically dry, and you got to water it with a hose the next day. It should be saturated. He just let me know, I can protect you even in the midst of a storm. Listen to what I'm saying. Y'all need to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. You may be in America, but God can protect you. Corona may be all around us, but God can protect you. Do what you can do and let God worry about the rest. God can still give you a job. God can still give you a promotion. God can still heal your body. God can still bring you out. Put your confidence in the Lord. Come out of lackadaisicalness. Come out of that stupor. Step back into the place that God wants you to be. Woo, Jesus. Hmm. Unlike other circumstances in life, sickness is capable of crippling our physical bodies. But God says, if you pray, I'll push back on it. If you pray, I'm Jehovah Rapha, I can heal. And so I want to pray a healing prayer over your life. May God touch you. If you're sick, I'm believing him to bring you out of it. And if you're not sick, I want you to remember your faith. I want you to remember righteousness and forgiveness. All three of those things are important for you to maintain your health and your healing. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, thank you. Thank you for meeting our needs. Thank you for many of us need healing and you meet the needs. That's why you call, you're called Jehovah Rapha. And I need healing, Lord, and I know there are people under the sound of my voice that needs healing. We need healing from past hurts. We need healing for random physical pain. It allows, uh, if allowed to linger, Father, it can cripple us. We also need spiritual healing. Father, we've been disappointed. Our faith has been hurt for various reasons. So we reach up to you, Father. We reach up to you to receive healing and deliverance. I pray now that we will be a holistic people. That our bodies will be healed. Our soul and mind will be healed. That our spirit will remain sharp. Father, I thank you for healing us in such a way that we will be able to minister to others about the, the Rapha that we know, Yahweh Rapha. Thank you for making us squeaky clean. Forgive us of our sins if it gives access to sickness. We turn our back on it in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise them up if there's any sin it will be forgiven. Father, I thank you for forgiving sins, both, both covert and overt sins. 
Thank you for the fullness of your glory resting upon the hearts and the lives of your people. I give you praise. How wonderful it is to worship and praise your holy name. I hear the sound. I hear the song. I hear the word. I hear the song. I see the life and I hear the song. Thank you for allowing us to worship you. I give you praise, Father, praise because without stain or blemish, you can heal us. I thank you for a pure sacrifice, Father, so thank you that our praise will ascend without blemish. Heal us thoroughly so we can do that. I pray now that you will show others, even the unbelieving, your healing power. There are people who don't know you, that are suffering, have no hope at all. Let them walk out of the hospitals too. And let them turn to Jesus. So Father, I thank you for emptying ICU beds. Miraculously. Right here in Bavard County. If you can turn a storm, you can certainly turn a pandemic. By faith, I claim it, Father. That we will begin to hear people uh, rushing in their healing. Starting to get better. People coming off of ventilators, Father. Early. Jesus, we need you. And when sickness is there, thank you, God, that you are always drawn to the sick. So go to Holmes Regional. Go to Palm Bay. Go to Wustoff. Go to Cape Canaveral. Go to Vieira in the name of Jesus. And every clinic. And Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for touching bodies. But Jesus, you're the healer. Let them sense you. Let them sense your presence. Let them know that there was a visitation during the night. Speak to them. Speak in their ear. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that they will hear your voice. Lazarus heard your voice. And he had to come forth. And I thank you, God, for calling names. Andrew. Billy. Charles. Devon. Eric, Felix, George, Indiana, Juliet, hallelujah, Kelly, Lamar, Mike in the name of Jesus hallelujah Nina Oscar Papa oh fathers touch Paul Touch Pauline. Touch Patrice. Touch Queen. 
Touch Rome. Touch Randy. Touch Cherise. Hallelujah. Touch Terrellyn. Touch Terry. Touch Tommy. Touch Ulysses. Touch Vicky. Touch victory. Touch William. Touch Winslow. Hallelujah. Touch Xavier. Hallelujah. Touch Yolanda. In the name of Jesus. Touch Shaka. Touch the warrior. Touch the Zulus. And God, I thank you that every letter, glory to God, has millions of names. And I pray now that even though names weren't called, that healing breaks out, glory to God, with every person and family tree under the sound of my voice. I give you glory, praise, and honor for the prophetic word. And I thank you, God, that every alphabet is covered in the name of the Lord. And I give you praise, every household is covered in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that faith and righteousness and forgiveness will, hallelujah, open the door for the healing power of God to be released in every family in the name of Jesus in America. I thank you God that you are Rafa in America. You're greater than any pandemic. Cover the, the world with your blood God and let us hear about the miracle working power of God in the matchless and most wonderful name of Jesus. And we give you the glory, the praise and the honor for it. in Jesus name. Amen. In your own way, take about 20 seconds and let's just thank God for his healing virtue all over the world. You can just slip your hand up wherever you are and say, God, I thank you for touching my family, for inoculating me, for watching over me, watching over my children. Thank you, God, for touching every state in America and also all territories in the United States and beyond. Glory to God. Every continent is touched by the power of God. Wherever you are, if you're in the sound of my voice, healing is coming your way in the name of Jesus. To you, your parent, your children, your siblings, everybody that's coughing right now, I speak healing over them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands and give him the praise tonight. It has been a real joy to share the Word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, 
I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.